we can have peace, perfect peace. And I trust that you are experiencing that peace in your heart that only Jesus can give. Let's just pause for a moment of prayer before we begin the uh, message. Heavenly Father, it's with grateful hearts that we come before you this evening and where we partake in communion, remembering the sacrifice, the provision that you made through your son, Jesus. Thank you so much that we can experience peace in a very troubled world, very uncertain world. And even though we might tend to worry sometimes what all the future may hold, we thank you that you bring true peace and it is only through you that we can have hope. And I pray that we would just all be grateful for the provision that you've made. I pray that you would guide me as I preach your word this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1998, there was a lady out jogging around a mountain in California. She was jogging with her dogs, and one of her dogs stopped and started digging beside the trail. And the lady went over to look what the dog was digging at, and she found feet sticking, uh, two feet sticking up out of the, the dirt. And she discovered there was a newborn baby buried there, wrapped in a blue towel and buried there, left to die. This baby still had life, but was very dirty, had a lot of dirt around this baby's face, and she immediately began cleaning the dirt off of this little boy's face, and this boy was crying, and she just was horrified that someone could desert their very newborn baby. The baby was very cold. She immediately called for help, but while she was waiting for help to arrive, she was trying to bring comfort to the baby, and this baby eventually stopped crying and gripped his little hand around her finger, and it just touched her heart. And they rushed him to the hospital where he was revived, placed in an incubator. When he arrived, his, his body temperature was down to 80 degrees, and the doctors made a comment that it was basically a miracle that this little boy survived. And this lady went in the hospital to visit the boy a few days later and found him in an incubator sleeping peacefully. She described her experience as a very emotional experience from finding him to visiting him in the hospital. She was not at a place where she could adopt this baby. They were trying to find this baby's mother, but obviously was deserted by his birth mother. And this lady wanted to continue communication with this young boy, but she was unable to do that. And about a year into it, she was still trying to be able to go visit this boy. And she was told that the baby has this boy. They named him Matthew was adopted and placed into a home, and she was very disappointed when she found that she would have no communication with this boy anymore. And to shorten the story, I, I had read this online, and 20 years went by until a, a day came where the connections were made, and she was able to go meet Matthew, now a young man. That day was a very emotional day as the two of them met again. Obviously, this boy had no memories of, or this young man had no memories of this lady. Her name was Azita that had found him. 
And as they were reunited, Azita actually took Matthew, drove him to the place where she found him, and she made the comment that he was a jokester and full of uh, jokes as they'd been talking. But when they got to the site where she showed him where she had found him, he became very sober and very quiet. And asked if he was, she asked him if he's okay. And Matthew re- replied that, yes, he's okay. But he says, this could have been my grave. And what his birth mother meant to be his grave was not his grave. And this, the one that found him, Azita, replied, you were wanted. The title of the message this evening is, You Are Wanted. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of that. Sometimes you think of, or what I've thought of, you are wanted. Sometimes, or many times, that's not a good thing. Sometimes authorities are out looking for someone and they are wanted. You may have seen posters hanging up at places where a picture of a person who is wanted, they're on the loose, but maybe they've committed a crime and someone was looking or the police were looking for them. You are wanted. What I want to talk about tonight is actually a very good thing, a very precious thing. And I want to talk about how God, since he created the world, since he created mankind, he wanted a relationship with mankind. He wanted to communicate with his creations, I mean, with mankind. And every one of us, as humans, we have a desire within to be wanted. We have a desire to be loved. We have a desire to have others um, show love and compassion to us. And as Matthew was laying in that dirt, left to die, thankful, or he was completely helpless on his own to save himself. He was left there to die, and that's what would have happened shortly had no one found him. But someone came along and gave him an opportunity to live, rescued him, or saved him physically. And I like to use that as a parallel to our lives spiritually. We all know that we were sinners. We were all in desperate need. We could do nothing on our own strength to save ourselves. But God, in his mercy, he wanted us. He wanted to redeem us. He wanted to cleanse us from the sin that separated us. And I want to look a little bit at that this evening. A very familiar verse, John 3.16. A lot of people that don't even go to church are familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then verse 17 goes on to say, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And I want to make the message or try to make it personal to each one of us that Jesus came to this world and he gave of his life for me. Jesus came and he died on the cross for you. To make it very personal, he would have done it, I believe, even if it would have only been you or even if it would have only been me. That's how much Jesus or God wanted to have a relationship with us. I'm just going to talk about Two words that I want you to remember from the message. And the first one is rejoice. 
and I want us to rejoice that we are wanted. And then secondly, I want us to remember and remember the blood that was shed for us. Remember Jesus' body that was nailed to the cross for us. So they both start with R, rejoice and remember. So as you partake in the communion service this evening, I want you to rejoice that you are wanted. And I want us to remember that the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross was for me and it was for you. You can turn to me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. I want to start here. In this passage, Jesus tells of three parables, and I think each parable gives a beautiful picture of heaven rejoicing when one sinner repents. And the three parables are the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. And each time when the lost is found, there is rejoicing, there is celebration. And I believe it gives a picture of the value of one soul. I think we would all agree that we cannot put a price tag on a soul. They are of great value. And when there is one sinner that experiences redemption, there is great rejoicing in heaven and the beautiful picture that that gives. I think I'll just read the first parable. I'll read the first seven verses in Luke chapter 15. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having one hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And if you look at the uh, first two verses in, in Luke 15, I believe that some of the reason Jesus said that parable is because of the people that were gathering around him. So we see publicans and sinners were gathering around him, but also scribes and Pharisees, and they are finding fault with Jesus because he's with sinners and he's eating with them. And then Jesus goes on to share this parable, how there is rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And then the next parable, I'm not going to read all the verses, but just Though a woman losing or has, having 10 pieces of silver, losing one and then searching diligently until she finds it. And when she finds it, there is rejoicing. And then verse 10, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And then the parable of the lost son, how the father that had two sons and the one was the prodigal son, went out, spent all his inheritance that he begged from his father and wasted it. And then eventually finds himself in desperate need 
and realizes that he'd be better off living with his father and being one of his servants. And he goes back to his father and his father receives him with open arms. And there is celebration over a sinner that is repenting. And I would like for each of us to think back to our conversion experience and just reflect on that a little bit. How I believe for each one of us that was rejoicing in heaven. I don't know exactly what all that looked like. But it's a beautiful picture of God's love for mankind and him wanting us. And then there's rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents. For me, sometimes I tend to, I don't want to say forget that experience, but after, you know, years pass by, I don't always think about that being a time of rejoicing in heaven. And it is good for me to reflect back to those times and to think about the value of a soul that, or that God places on a soul and and that there is rejoicing, I believe, when one sinner repents. So... Can you rejoice this evening that God wanted you, that he called you, and that you, in a sense, we were all like this lost sheep that was lost, was abandoned, and was destined to die. But the shepherd was looking diligently. He was searching and searching for the sheep until he found that sheep and took it back to the fold and placed it into the flock where it was safe, where it would not be harmed or be destroyed by predators. And we were like that sheep, that lost sheep. And God, in his love, called us to himself. He spoke to us and draw and drew us to himself. And are you are am I rejoicing that God chose me? Are you rejoicing that God chose you, that God wanted you? And I trust that you are, and I think it is helpful for all of us to rejoice that we are wanted. In Luke 10, a few verses prior to where I read or where these parables are found, it says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And the context of this, so there were 70... People that were sent out into the harvest where they were sent out as to to share the gospel and they were instructed how they were to go out and they're coming back and, and Jesus is saying, don't rejoice in that all the subjects or the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And because our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, is written in heaven, that is something to rejoice about. And Dale's message this morning, talking about the Lazarus and the rich man and heaven and hell. And we all have a choice. And there's, it's, it, it is God drawing us and yet us answering that call and accepting God's call. And we can be, or we should be grateful that God has chosen us and has called us to be his children, to be his servants. And we can rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And because of that, we can have peace, as we sang about in that last song. We can experience peace when 
there's a lot of trouble in the world, we can be filled with joy even through the times of difficulty because we have been spared from hell. We have been spared from God's judgment because we have said yes to the call that or the salvation plan that God offers to each one. Now, secondly, I would like to look at Luke 22. You can turn with me to a few chapters, Luke 22. And I would like to read the account of the Passover where Jesus and his disciples are eating the Last Supper and the instruction that Jesus gives his 12 disciples. And I'll start reading verses, or I'll start reading at verse 14, Luke 22. Reading at verse 14. And when the hour was come, this is Jesus, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table, and truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, for I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I'll stop there. I believe we say this most times at communion, but I believe it's important that we really think about the sacrifice that was made for us, remembering what Jesus has done. In verse 19, as Jesus is taking the bread and breaking it and looking to his disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And then the same with the cup. And again, I want to make this personal. Jesus obviously is no longer here on the earth in human form. But if Jesus was, I believe he would say the exact same thing that he did to his disciples. If he was here to break bread and he would hand that bread to us, I believe he would say these same words that this is my body, which is 
that, I, that I'm giving for you. And as we, we reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus made, may we be ever grateful, rejoicing in the salvation that only he gives and remember the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. There is a song that is probably familiar to most of us. Had it not been, I believe is the title. I did not see it in any of our, the books here. Brent, I don't know if you know it well enough to lead it or not. Maybe I'll read the, the lyrics, and if you know it well enough to lead it after that, you're welcome to. If, if not, that's, that's fine. But I'll read the, the lyrics. Just suppose God searched through heaven and couldn't find one willing to be the supreme sacrifice that was needed that would buy eternal life for you and me. Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for the old rugged cross, had it not been for a man called Jesus, then forever my soul would be lost. Well, I'm so glad he was willing to, dr- to drink his bitter cup, although he prayed, Father, let it pass from me. And I'm so glad he never called heaven's angels from these hands, pulled the nails that torment me, then forever my soul would be lost. So we can praise God that we are wanted and that we are still wanted. Jesus desires to, for us to walk with him each day that we have in this life. So are you grateful for God's provision for you? And I trust that we all are. So in conclusion, just as the abandoned baby, little Matthew lay deserted, left to die, so we as well were hopeless, or I mean helpless. We were without hope to save ourselves. But a Savior came and offered salvation to each one of us. May we rejoice that we are wanted, and may we remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid for me for you and we may we be here with thankful hearts it is only because of the provision that god made maybe i'll just close with a word of prayer brent do you feel comfortable leading that song i wanted to talk to you before and i Here's what I'll do. I'll have a word of prayer. I'll sit down. I'll hand the lyrics to you just so you have something to go off of. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. Thank you for drawing us to yourself. Thank you for the provision of providing that perfect lamb that was without blemish and how your son Jesus was that perfect lamb and gave of his life. And may each of us rejoice in the salvation that only you can give. And may we remember the sacrifice that you've made as we partake in this service this evening. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.